0: The Indigenous Connection show. Tansé, my name is Randy Lynn and I'm the host for the Indigenous Connections radio show. Join me as we discuss various topics in regards to First Nations culture, arts, ideologies, and spirituality from both a historical and contemporary point of view. Randy Nihea Uchiniya Laclabish Alberta Egua Ni Wigan. Hello there, my name is Randy Lynn Nanmahoo Candelan, I am 33 years old. My family originates from the Big Stone Cree Nation in Northern Alberta, Treaty A territory. I currently reside in Laclabish. My educational background is in indigenous mental health as well as indigenous social work. My culture plays a huge role in how I identify as a First Nations woman. And I would like to welcome everyone to the Indigenous Connection Show. It's in my hopes with the show that we can work towards reconciliation. So reconciliation is a word we quite often be, quite often hear being utilized in society, but I feel not many people actually understand what that word really means. So in the context of forgiveness, forgiveness often refers to one side ready to forgive and ready to move forward. It does not require the second or other parties involved to take responsibility for their actions. It's just one side is ready to move forward. Reconciliation, however, is, requires one, not just one, but both are all parties to be involved, ready to take responsibility for their actions, For the things they may have done to hurt the other people, and are ready to work together to move forward in hopes of healing. So it's with my hopes with this show that we can start building bridges as a society and start to understand the Indigenous culture from a different point of view. There are many stereotypes and misunderstandings related to the Indigenous culture. So some of the topics I would like to explore include indigenous issues, historical and contemporary issues, ideologies, music, art, dance, language, belief systems, ways of life and survival, and historical happenings that have led into the socioeconomic crisis many indigenous people are facing today. For my first topic, I would like to talk about the jingle dress. The jingle dress is something that I hold very close to my heart And through the next hour, we will explore the story of the Jingle Dress, how it came to the people, and why it's relevant in today's culture and how we can all utilize it to help ourselves feel better. With that, I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining me. (laughs) Randy again, and we are going to explore the jingle dress. For those of you who are not familiar with the jingle dress, you may have seen a jingle dress and not even known it. The jingle dress is often seen at what we call powwows. And powwows are a celebration of life, of dances and music of Plains culture. So you may have seen the jingle dress. It's a very vibrant, loud dress. What makes it unique? What makes it special is the sound it makes. We actually named the jingle dress after the sound it makes because it's adorned with noisemakers. So these noisemakers are actually tin cans rolled up into the shape of a cone. And these cones are kind of crimped onto the dress to hang. And as the lady wearing the dress dances, moves, these cones, these metals hit each other and make a kind of ting, ting, ting sound. Um, We say that sound the dress makes actually mimics the sound of rain falling. So, alternatively, people refer to the jingle dress as a noisemaker dress. The jingle dress, to my understanding, is approximately 100 years old and originated in the Ojibwe, or in their own language, the Anishnabe territories. Some people say the dress originated in Ontario, some people say Minnesota. I say tomato-tomato, 101 years ago, I was not alive, so who am I to say what is right or what is wrong? But like I said, we have all agree that the Jingle Dress originates in the Anishinaabe territories out east. And when we really look in the historical context, that American-Canadian border that divides the two territories of Ontario and Minnesota was not always there, we refer to that American-Canadian border as the medicine line in First Nations culture. And we think before that medicine line was developed, those territories of Ontario and Minnesota were actually connected as one large territory. So for me to say the jingle dress originated in Minnesota, for me to say it's originated in Ontario, I don't really feel that that's not my place. Um, But respectfully, I understand that each tribe has their own story with the jingle dress so going back to 101 years ago there was actually the people were actually experiencing something very similar to what we are experiencing in current society a pandemic the spanish flu pandemic to be exact so many people were hurting were very sick and it was very uncertain times just like right now So my understanding is that the dress came to the people as a means of prayer, as a way of helping us overcome such difficult times. With that, I would like to explore the story of the jingle dress. There are many stories associated with the jingle dress. As you explore First Nations culture, you'll understand that many, many, many stories are associated with the same topic. And I would ask you to be open-minded to the realities that, yes, we identify as First Nations, indigenous people in this area. But before the settlers came, we were our own cultures. We were our own tribes, that we had our own belief systems, our own languages. But what connected us on the grand scale of things was the land, our connection to the earth. So with that, there are many... There can be confusion and misunderstandings of First Nations teachings, culture, and history. So what I've learned is to kind of just respect everyone's teachings and understandings and respectfully share the stories that I have been taught, acknowledging where they have come from. And if other people have different stories to share, that's just fine as well. I enjoy hearing other people's stories. So for the next segment, I would like to explore the story that was taught to me as a little girl and where the jingle dress originated from. If you do your own research or talk to other jingle dress dancers, they may share a different story with you, and that's perfectly fine.
1: Mr. Officer, let me explain.
0: The Indigenous Connection Show. Continuing forward, I would like to share with you the story that was taught to me about the jingle dress as a little girl. So we rewind back approximately 101 years ago to an Anishinaabe Reserve out east. There was a young girl who was very, very ill, very, very sick. She was so sick her family did not think she would pull through. I was taught it was her grandfather. Her grandfather ached as he saw his young granddaughter so ill, so sick, Struggling to hold on to life. In our ways, as indigenous people, we are very, very spiritual. We are connected to what we refer to as our higher power, our creator. as some people like to refer to as God. For me, I don't feel there's a right or wrong way to identify that entity. But the grandfather prayed to his higher power and he offered tobacco. And tobacco in our culture is considered one of four sacred medicines. For those of you who don't know the other three, the other three are identified as sage, sweeter, and sweet grass. Tobacco can be used as is or can be burned. Growing up, the way I was taught to ask for help was to offer something in exchange for receiving something. And tobacco can help maintain that balance. So we offer tobacco to our elders, to our helpers, to our knowledge keepers in exchange that they help us with their knowledge, with their understanding, with their prayers. So the grandfather offered tobacco to his higher power as a metaphor of offering it in exchange for help. He prayed for his granddaughter. He asked for help that his granddaughter heal. What is making her so ill, making her so sick? He cried and begged for help. That night, that grandfather went home and As he slept, it's to my understanding that spirits came down to speak to him. Again, spirits, angels, entities, however you like to identify that. For the purpose of this story, I'm going to refer to these entities as spirits. So spirits came down to talk to the grandfather. They told the grandfather, we heard your prayers, your cries for help, and we want to help you help your granddaughter. They went on to explain that what was making his granddaughter sick was a negative energy, a darkness, a sickness that was following her around in such close proximity that it was making her literally sick from the inside out. And I just want to take a moment to help you understand what that means. So I feel we've all had uh, experiences where someone said something really cruel to us, something really, really mean. And it hurt us so much that it affected our moods. It affected the way we felt in our bodies. We felt heavy. We felt disheartened. We felt sad. We felt low. Another example is when we we become so worried or stressed out or angry or so overwhelmed with negative emotion, we can physically feel it. We feel it in headaches, and backaches, in and stomachaches, or just this tight tension in a certain spot in our bodies. So that's what I mean by this negative energy was making her sick from the inside out. Moving forward, the spirits went on to explain that this negative energy was making her physically ill and that the only way to heal his granddaughter was to host a ceremony as a means of divine intervention, because this sickness was not of the physical world, rather it was a spiritual one, and therefore it needed to be dealt through spiritual means. The grandfather was told by the spirits that he needed to create four dresses, and these four dresses were to be in four different colors, blue, red, yellow, and green. And he was to have four ladies wear these dresses, what was to be special, what was to be unique about these dresses were they were to make noise. So the original jingle dresses were actually adorned with shells. Um, And then as time progressed on and metals became more accessible, people started to switch from the natural to the man-made materials. Uh, They actually started to use the top of tin can lids and roll them up into that cone shape, as I mentioned earlier and crimp them onto their dress. In today's society, we are very fortunate. I don't have to eat a bunch of soup or anything crazy like that to make a new jingle dress for myself as I can actually go into the store and buy these all rolled up and ready to go. So it's a good time to be alive for jingle dress dancers. Anywho, going back to the story, he was told to make these four noisemaker dresses and how four ladies wear these dresses. The spirits taught the grandfather a Dance that was to accompany these dresses. And he was told by the spirits that these ladies were to dance in these dresses. And the reason for this was when the ladies dance, it would create a sound, as I mentioned, a sound of rain falling. And when we think of rain metaphorically, we think of it as a cleansing, as a purification. So these ladies were to dance in these dresses, creating this raining sound. The spirits went on to explain that why these dresses needed to make noise was that the sound that it produced actually held a power to cleanse the air of negative energy, to scare away those darknesses, that darkness, that sickness that was embodying his granddaughter. And it's been in my travels and my conversations with other people from other cultures, I've realized that many different cultures, religions, beliefs, actually use noisemakers in the same sense. Uh, side story, I met a lady from Siberia, Russia, lady I've never met in my entire life, but she was there doing a presentation. And before she began her presentation, she decided to ring a bell. And if you ever get to know me, I'm very curious. I like to ask questions because that's how we learn, right? So I was like, oh, excuse me, why did you ring that bell? And she's like, oh, it's a custom in my culture, in my ways, to ring a bell as a means of clearing the air of negative energy. And there's me sitting with this big shock face. I'm like, oh, shut up. No way. I was so excited, so happy, because here this lady literally from Russia, and she was doing a presentation. Um, And before she began her presentation, she decided to ring a bell. And me being me, I'm very curious. uh I love asking questions, I believe that's how we learn, that's how we start to understand each other on a deeper context. So I asked this lady, excuse me, why did you ring your bell? And she went on to explain to me that in her culture and her customs, they ring bells as a means of cleansing the air of negative energy. And so there I was just sitting there with this big shock face and big white eyes and a big grin on my face. And I'm like, oh, shut up. And she's looking at me all weird like, did I say something wrong? And I got really excited and I kind of burst it out. I'm like, that is the exact reason why I utilize my jingle dress to help cleanse the air of negative energy. So here this lady from Russia had very similar teachings to a noisemaker that I have here in Canada with my jingle dress. And I thought that was actually a really cool story I just wanted to share with you. Okay, moving forward. Um, So the grandfather was told to make a jingle dress with noisemakers and to host a ceremony for his granddaughter. The grandfather awoke and went straight to work in creating these noisemaker dresses as directed. He conducted protocols necessary to host a ceremony because in our culture, we don't just host a ceremony. There are things that need to occur beforehand. So this took a few days. Uh, Fast forward a few days. His granddaughter is still very ill, still very sick, and his family is ready to host a ceremony. He had selected the four ladies to wear the jingle dresses, and he told them that they would be required to dance in a specific way with the jingle dresses on. Come time of the ceremony, his granddaughter was still very ill, still very sick, so sick that she could not hold herself up or really do anything for herself. The grandfather instructed the four ladies in the four dresses to stand one by one, and he asked them to dance in a clockwise rotation. Uh, Many of our practices, many of our dances, many of our ceremonies in in this area, as First Nations people, we conduct in a clockwise rotation honouring the sunrise to sunset. He asked these ladies to dance one by one, dancing clockwise, and as they danced, to bend their knees in time with the drum that would be playing, and to step out to the left. So it'd be a bend of the knee, step to the left, bend of the knee, step to the left, in a clockwise rotation. He asked these ladies, as they stood one by one, to not pass each other, as this was not a competition of who's the strongest, fastest, best dancer, Rather, they were together for the purpose of praying for this little girl. Which leads me to the next explanation the grandfather had for the ladies wearing the jingle dresses. To not focus so much on the dance itself, but to focus more in their head and in their hearts of putting positive energy out for his granddaughter. To focus on her, to imagine her full of life, full of energy, just as a young girl should be. Essentially to pray for this little girl to get better. Last but not least, the grandfather was also told by the spirits that his granddaughter also needed to dance in the ceremony to receive the healing from the dresses. Remember, she's very ill, very sick, and very helpless at this time. So her family decided to help her by holding her up, by literally carrying her beside the women as they danced. The women began dancing as directed. So, bend the knee, step to the left, bend the knee, step to the left, and making sure to pray for this little girl as they danced. The ladies conducted one whole round. And in conclusion of dancing that one whole round, the little girl seen what these women were doing for her, seen what her family had done for her, seen all the hard work her grandfather had done just for her to feel better. And this gave her a boost of energy, this made her feel loved, appreciated and encouraged her to try to stand on her own. And that is what exactly what she did. She tried to stand on her own, but she was still pretty weak. So again, her family assisted her by holding her up by her arms, and again, I just want to take a little moment to appreciate how beautiful of a teaching that is, that it's okay to ask for help when we don't feel good, that when we feel under the weather, that we feel like we cannot hold ourselves up. That is what our loved ones and our support systems are there for, to help us to the point where we can hold ourselves up again. So going back to the story, the family decided to hold the little girl up by her arms as the women continued to dance around, bending their knees and stepping to the left in the clockwise direction, praying for the little girl. They finished the second round. Then the third round, the little girl challenged herself yet again to see what she could do. This time, she managed to gather up enough courage and energy to stand there without any assistance and hold herself up. But she wasn't 100% yet, so again, She was only able to kind of slowly walk beside the women as they continued to dance for her, stepping out to the left and bending their knees in time on the drum, praying for her. They concluded the third round. Going into the fourth round, something very special, something miraculous, if you will, happened. This little girl who was too ill, too sick to hold herself up, to dance, to really do anything for herself, managed to gather up enough courage and energy to stand on her own two feet. Without any assistance, and I can kind of guess that you know where I'm going with this that she was actually able to bend her knees in time with that drum, just as the ladies have been, and step out to the left. And she was actually able to conclude that ceremony dancing with these women. That little girl's name, to my understanding, was Maggie White, and Maggie White went home after the ceremony. And as the days progressed after that, her health continued to improve and improve and improve until she was fully healed and she was full of life and full of energy and running around and laughing and playing just as a little girl should. Today we recognize Maggie White as the original jingle dress dancer. And it was Maggie and her family that traveled throughout Canada, throughout the United States through Maggie's lifetime. Maggie has now passed on to the spirit world, to heaven, to the afterlife however you like to address that. But it was during her lifetime that her and her family decided to share the jingle dress with the people they interacted with. Share the story of how it came to Maggie in her time of need. How it helped her overcome and persevere during a very difficult time in her life. How the dress made sound to cleanse the air of negative energy in hopes to uplift spirits and uplift people's health. And... She shared this dress in hopes that each and every one of us could utilize this dress as a means of helping ourselves heal, to helping ourselves overcome, to helping us ourselves deal with the uncertainty uncertainty of life at times. Because of that story that accompanies this dress, many people recognize the jingle dress not only as a noisemaker dress, but also as a healing dress. And because of that, we host... Jingle dress healing ceremonies. So, in the next segment, I'm going to talk a bit more about the dance of the jingle dress and then leading into how the jingle dress can help us in contemporary times. You might be excited to go out to a powwow and actually see the jingle dress in action. When you get to a powwow, it's very, lots and lots and lots of energy. Um, Things are often sometimes rushed. So you don't always get an explanation of why the ladies are, why the gentlemen are dancing the way they are, or why they adorn themselves the way they do. So it was in my hopes that sharing that story with you, you can actually appreciate what's going on. So you get to a powwow, the ladies jingle dress category is up to dance. You see the beautiful noisemaker dresses and you hear the drum hit and you start to hear the ladies start dancing, but then you realize there are ladies that are dancing very differently from one another, but they're both wearing jingle dresses. So I want to talk a little bit about the two styles of the jingle dress that we see today. So there's actually an original old style jingle dress dance and a contemporary style jingle dress dance. I'm going to explore the original style first as it's as stated in the name the original dance. Um, So you'll notice these ladies when they dance they are taught to keep their feet very close to mother earth. They don't dance too high on their toes and You'll notice them by their simple movements of back and forth, back and forth. They don't utilize any type of footwork. They often place their hands on their hips and may opt to carry a scarf, a purse, or a braid of sweetgrass in their hand. Um, So throughout the whole song, they are taught to just do the one-two movement, back and forth, back and forth. You'll notice that these ladies do not adorn themselves with any type of eagle feathers. They don't carry eagle feathers in their hand and they very often do not wear eagle feathers in their hair unlike the other women's styles of dance at powwows. I'll talk a little bit about eagle feathers and their importance here in a moment. Um, so these ladies don't adorn themselves with feathers and their dresses you'll notice are very more simple by design. Um, I like to refer to them as kind of nightgown material or simple designs floral, uh, oh. cotton polka dots. Not many bright designs, not many bright colors. It's often just this plain, simple dress adorned with the jingle dress cones. So that is the original style. And that was the dominant style for quite some time. Uh, As powwows progressed forward, things became more contemporary, and we had influence from other cultures, other styles of dance. We see the powwow dancing evolving, including the jingle dress. when the Ladies' Fancy Dance came to be, and I'll do another show about the Ladies' Fancy Dance so you have a bit more context on what the heck I'm talking about in the future, uh, these ladies were actually the first ones to introduce footwork into the ladies' styles of powwow dance. So as jingle dress dancers, seen this Ladies' Fancy Dance emerge, and they were very fast and light on their feet, danced on their tippy toes, and incorporated very beautiful footwork that we borrowed from our Irish, our Scottish, our Métis brothers and sisters, very similar footwork. Um, We incorporated that into our dance and created the contemporary style, the newer style. With these ladies, you will see them carrying eagle feather fans. They will wear eagle feathers in their hair and their dresses are very bright, very loud, very in your face, very sparkly, um, very eye-catching. So you will see the two types of styles being utilized at at powwows it's not to say one style is better than the other and it's really the choice of the dancer herself to decide if she would like to be an original old style dancer or a contemporary style dancer so let's explore eagle feathers really quickly um so the contemporary dancers do like to carry eagle feathers in their hands It's often the tail feathers of the eagle that are spread out and created into what we refer to as a fan. So the ladies will be dancing carrying their eagle feather fans. And for those of you who are not familiar with powwow music, we have what we refer to as downbeats. So you'll hear the regular beat of the drum, that boom, 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 boom. And then three to four times during the song, you'll hear a really loud boom like a boom, 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 over top the regular beats. We refer to those as downbeats. And the downbeat is sing- signaling to the jingle dress dancer that may be carrying the eagle feather fan that it's time to raise her feathers to the air. And she raises her feathers up to the air for a few moments. And the symbolization of that is to share positive healing energy with the people around them. For those of you who are not familiar with the teachings of the eagle, the eagle is very sacred in First Nations culture and sacred in many cultures around the world. It's just in the ability of the eagle to fly highest of all the birds. It's just in his nature. It's just what he does. And because of this capability to fly so high in the sky, there's a belief that it's on the wings of the eagle that our prayers are brought up to be heard, to be heard by our higher power, by Creator, by God, and then in exchange answered, hopefully. Because of this belief, we hold that eagle in such high esteem that even his feathers are sacred to us. So you'll see us utilizing eagle feathers for ceremonial purposes, for healing purposes. And these eagle feathers are something that The individual needs to earn. It's not something that's just given to us because we want one. They're earned through sacrifice, through hard work, through ceremony, through triumphs. Um, Personally, I had to earn the eagle feathers that I utilize, that I wear on my outfit. Uh, That's a whole other story in itself, but they weren't just given to me. They came to me after. I experienced a very hard time in my life, but I triumphed through. So I feel those eagle feathers came to me after I was able to come to peace with the situations that I was enduring that were very chaotic and very hard on the spirit. So I feel the eagle feathers came to me right at the time that they needed to. Uh, Moving forward, so the ladies will raise their eagle feathers just as a symbolism of sharing that positive energy, going back to that story of the healing that comes with the jingle dress. Um, most often you will see ladies wearing eagle feathers in their hair. They may be wearing the tail feathers of the eagle, usually the center feather. It's a straight, very straight long feather that they may wear in the back of their head. Or they may opt to wear plumes. So plumes are actually little fuzzy fle- fuzzy feathers Sorry, that are found underneath the tail of the eagle. Um, both are very sacred and one teaching that I was taught of why we wear the eagle feathers in our hair is to actually honor the birds the flying creatures and then right back down to our moccasins our footwear we often sew moose hide onto the bottom of our moccasins and that's a means of honoring the land creatures so that's a little bit about the feathers and the outfits that the ladies wear and for the next segment I would like to explore how the jingle dress is utilized in contemporary times, how we can utilize the jingle dress today and how we see it present in today's society. So stay tuned. Segment on the jingle dress. So, the jingle dress came to us as a means of healing ourselves, of helping us overcome obstacles, for helping us overcome trying times in our lives. We say the jingle dress possesses healing powers because of its ability to cleanse the air of negative energy. Understanding and honoring this story, yes, you will see the jingle dress being utilized at powwows for contests, but it's utilized in so many more situations beyond powwows. There are often jingle dress healing ceremonies that are still hosted to this day, sometimes at powwows, sometimes at community events, or sometimes there will be just a call out for jingle dress dancers to come in their outfits or what we refer to as our regalias, to come out and dance for the people, to dance for a certain cause and issue that may be affecting a community a family, or the entire society as a whole. Some of the jingle dress healing ceremonies I've been a part of um, in regards to mental health, suicide awareness, to Indigenous issues such as residential schools and the legacy that's left upon us. Missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, boys, people in general. There's the epidemic that's facing our people, maybe a family is experiencing a very hard loss, a loss of a community member where people are grieving. There are many instances where we can utilize the jingle dress to help ourselves heal or help our brothers and sisters, our community members heal. I would like to share with you a very personal story of a time, a jingle dress As a jingle dress dancer, we were asked to dance for a family that was experiencing a loss. This story is very hard on the heart and I apologize for any triggers this may cause. This is about suicide. So if you are not comfortable listening to this, I please ask you to just turn the volume down now. Moving forward, there was a young jingle dress dancer. She was actually my friend. Um, The year before she had chosen to take her life it was very hard on her family, on the community, on the power world as this young lady was a very well-respected dancer. And what made this story even more heart-wrenching was that she left behind a very young son. Um, we are taught not to judge why a person has taken that path. It's not our place to judge. That is between them and their higher power, their Creator, their God. But what we do understand that us, their loved ones, are left behind with this hole in our heart, with this grief, this confusion, this sadness, these overwhelming feelings, questioning why. Why did this happen? Why is this happening now? What am I to do without this person in my, physically in my life? Um, so the family decided to ask the jingle dress dancers at a powwow to come dance for their family as they were grieving, as they were left feeling empty. It was a very, very, I, I want to say this was the hardest time it ever, the hardest time I've ever had dancing. Um, because this was this story touched me personally, this girl was my friend. She was essentially my sister as she danced Jingle too, and that's how we are taught to embrace each other in a circle as brothers or sisters. So as we circled around the family that was grieving that stood in the center around her young son, it was like pins and needles in my body, literally pins and needles. I could just feel this overwhelming tension overcome me. And I, I, I had to really sit there and ask myself, am I capable of doing this? Can I fulfill this need, this family needs for me to dance and pray for them with my other jingle dress sisters? But that is our responsibility. As jingle dress dancers, we understand when we put on this dress that we are there to dance for the healing of it so with that I, I gathered up all my courage and all my strength and that drum hit and I danced my hardest with my sisters and prayed for that family that stood in the middle prayed for my friend prayed for her son and prayed for the community members the family everyone that was grieving this girl's loss because unfortunately, sometimes these feelings are enough to push other people over the edge. And again, it's not our place to judge why a person has taken that path. But it was in hopes that dancing for this family, dancing for the community, that we could share even a moment of peace, of light with them, with a sense of it's okay, um, kind of yes, it hurts right now, but a faith that it will get better with just installing that moment of peace to know that they're supported and loved and still welcome in the circle during their most hardest times. So the jingle dress is often utilized to help each other, help empower each other. And I know from my own stories, my own experiences, the jingle dress has helped me overcome literally mountains in my life and I'll forever be grateful to the jingle dress. And when I put on the jingle dress, and I say, I'm here to dance for the healing of it, I don't mean it in a savior complex that I'm here and I'll pray for you and everything will be better once I dance for you. I understand that's not in the, I don't have that power, I don't possess that power. Healing is an inside job. It's something that needs to happen from the inside out. But it's in my hopes that dancing and sharing my jingle dress with people, sharing these stories and these teachings with people, that it can help empower them, that it can help them feel better, that when I dance and lift my fan up and when they hear the sounds of the jingle dress, that it installs even just a moment of peace, of light, of serenity in their lives. And maybe that's a moment they didn't have. Maybe they were just having a very, very difficult day and just hold, to experience that one moment of feeling okay, you know, can be enough to help someone hold on for the next day and the next day forward and the next day after that as they work through their sadness, their grief, their anger, their frustration, the issues that are clouding them. I often refer to the statement, the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains, and that's how I feel about my dancing, that just sharing that moment of peace of light with people can, yes, it's only a moment, but in the grand scheme of things, maybe it will move a mountain. So with that, I'd like to thank you for joining me on my first episode of Indigenous Connection Show. Uh, We will be doing this show weekly, and Email me, email the radio if you like to talk about certain topics. I'm more than welcome to explore many, many different issues. And maybe for our next show, we'll explore a little bit more about powwow dancing, as it's something that many people can identify by visibly and have seen. So we will start with some more styles of power dance and just kind of breaking down the stories the histories and why they conduct themselves the way they do and why they adorn themselves the way the way they do uh, there is no word for goodbye in Cree so with that I just want to say see you later have a great day thank you for listening And that's the Indigenous Connection show Randy Lynn. I like to give credit to a tribe called Red for their track sisters that we used in our intro.